welcome everyone. Uh, thank you again for tuning in to this episode. I just want to apologize from Neil and myself. Uh, we have been a little absent and behind on some things. Neil's been working on getting promoted, which he did. Uh, I've been working on a bunch of other things on and off duty, so uh, things have been pretty busy. So thank you guys for, for being patient, waiting uh, for this episode to drop. So with that being said, we got Chase Patterson. We sat down with him and talked about his journey from becoming a cop to becoming a firefighter and everything in between. So it was a good episode. We had a lot of fun, and I'm hoping you guys will enjoy this. Uh, again, thank you guys for being patient. We really appreciate it. So with that being said, we got to get our standard warning and or disclaimer here. Everything we said and talked about do not reflect necessarily our respective departments past or current. So have fun. Thank you guys. Again, if you know someone who might be good on the podcast, send us an email at authorizedpodcast at gmail.com or give us a follow or message on Instagram at uh, authorized podcast. All right. Hopefully you guys enjoy this one. Thanks. All right. Welcome. To another episode of APL. So excited. We oh, yeah. are here at uh, Casa de Neil. <laughs> I don't know how to say mansion in yeah. Spanish. <laughs> and we got someone uh, very special today. Famous. Famous. Oh my gosh. I don't know uh, how I, we were able to get this person. We just called the right people. And uh, guys, let's welcome George W. Bush. Yeah, to the well. show. I, I had to make a couple phone calls to be here, man. <laughs> I had to. I talked to Dick Cheney. Uh, I had to uh, talk to Laura, my wife. And uh, you know, a lot of shit going on back in Ukraine, so I had to make sure my flights were lined up. And uh, you know, booked a couple podcasts last week, and I showed up. Nobody was there. And uh, so thought I thought I'd join you guys' presence and. Uh, yeah, that's what America's about, my friends. It's about a, a peace and justice and a, a little red phones, hamburgers. No, I'm just <laughs> What's up, guys? Oh, man. Okay, so for those of you listening, that, that's not actually former President George W. Bush. That's, uh, that's our buddy, uh, Chase Patterson. <laughs> I can only oh. keep it going for so long. <laughs> Chase Chase is uh, very good at impressions, and he can probably do just about everyone significant at our department and some some other famous people. So uh, we're happy to have you here, man. Oh, yeah, that's another one. We want to be here for three hours. Uh, right on, man. Well, so we're going to start this thing out. Uh, we're going to go back to the beginning, man. Where, where were you yeah. born? What was your family like? Yeah, uh, so I was born um, at Pomona Valley Hospital. Oh, dang. Uh, April 3rd, 92. So I actually turned 30 this April 3rd. So, oh, uh, oh man. My Happy early it. birthday. Yeah, uh, but um, so yeah, I was born, uh, grew up in Rancho Cucamonga, a uh, family of four. I have one sister, older, four years older. Um, yeah, grew up in Rancho. Um, very sports family okay very sports oriented uh my dad very tall and sports oriented. yeah dude. uh so yeah. my whole family's really tall uh my dad was six eight Jeez. my mom is five eleven wow. <laughs> and then my sister's six two. 
Holy oh, snap. shit. And then Jesus. I'm, uh, yeah, then I'm 6'4", so uh, very tall family, um, bunch of athletes. Um, my dad was a really good basketball player. He actually played for University of Arizona uh, when he was younger in college. Um, and then my sister, uh, she got recruited out of high school and everything, and she played for University of St. John's in New York. Okay. And then she transferred to University of Hawaii. Um, so she played division one ball and then I was a baseball water polo guy. So I played baseball and water polo growing up and, right on, man. um, yeah, then my mom was just kind of the, uh, the team mom for everything. So yeah. that's important. Dude. That's important. <laughs> the supporter. That's so, hard. That's hard to do. Um, but yeah. I, um, so again, kind of just, I grew up in Rancho. Um, that's kind of where my whole family's from. Like even my grandparents and stuff lived in the Upland and everything growing up. So mm-hmm. kind of a local guy. So everyone grew up pretty close and yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Right um, so did you play in all through high school, water polo and baseball? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I played, uh, <clears throat> kind of even before that, like growing up, like I was, it was like basketball, water polo didn't start till high school. Cause they didn't really have like yeah. leagues before. Yeah. Um, but basketball and baseball were like my two things kind of growing up. Okay. And then I realized that I can't jump for shit. <laughs> So, <laughs> dude, I'm six four and I can freaking jump. No, you don't need I can to jump hang that, on dude. the rim, but yeah. I can't freaking dunk, dude. So I'm like, that's a problem. Like the movie White Men Can't Jump. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Well, starting movie, That's a good movie. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I, I didn't have the the hand eye coordination as my my sister did with basketball and yeah. stuff. So, um, but baseball was my thing. I, uh, right on. Um, I played a lot of travel ball and stuff. Like our like my life was like, like. A, I loved it and I hated it at the same time because like my dad was like the hardcore sports dad. Like yeah. Monday through Friday, you know, school and then either practice or baseball games like every day. And then Saturdays and Sundays were like double header travel ball wow. games. So my life was just sports, sports, sports. I mean, I remember my dad used to tell me, he's like, okay, you know, you can get B's and C's. That's fine. But I hit a home run tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I mean, because his, his thing was he, he knew – how the scholarship process worked and yeah. getting a free education yeah. through sports. Um, cause you know, it's, it's expensive and my, yeah. family, my family couldn't afford it. So, um, so that was really pushed on me and my sister a lot when we were younger and, um, it was good for us though. It was cool. a lot of life lessons there. Right. I mean, you, you learned, you took away quite a bit from that, right. The growing up in the sports and, mm-hmm. and being competitive and that probably helped you out quite a bit. Oh yeah. Tr- later tr- on in life. Right. Tremendously. It, it teaches you a lot of values. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that never play sports. They're never involved with that stuff. And I yeah. think, I think there's a lot of value with it. Um, that teaches you with work ethic and that, you know, things aren't going to just, you're just not going to just walk out there and start and perform well. Like yeah. you, you get at what you put into it. So if you're going to practice hard and you know, you, you work on your skills and stuff, then you're going to perform better. Yeah, so, absolutely. um, yeah, that's, okay. that's a big deal. Okay. And I would think too, like working through failures, you know, you lose most people don't that don't play sports, don't understand that and how to get back, get back in the fight and champion it after the fact. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I, I, I played for coaches that I loved. I played for coaches that I hated and being able to play and perform under somebody that, you know, doesn't like you or you just don't have a good mesh with. But at the end of the day, like you got to still go out and play well for your team. So like, it just, it teaches you a lot of, there's so many different values behind it all. And, um, I, I don't, I mean, I look back and I thank my dad for pushing me and driving yeah. me into the ground with that stuff because I think, yeah, I didn't, I would not be where I am today if I didn't go through those, those challenges. So definitely. 
Right on, dude. Uh, so you grew up in Rancho. What what high school did you go to? <clears throat> I went to Rancho Cucamonga High School. Okay. Class of 10. Rancho, you know? <laughs> I know. That's pretty, I thought it was stupid, too. I hated high school. Um, <laughs> uh, it was like, yeah, we were, um, yeah, grew up in Rancho. Um, it was kind of funny because actually all my friends went to Los Osos. Oh, okay. And because yeah. uh, I was living at, um, at the time, I was living at the top of Rancho above the 210. Ah, and, uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Big 909 guy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was at, I was up there. And then my um, my sister went to Los Osos High School. So Los Osos is our rival. Yeah. So we like, and it, it was funny because in Rancho, everyone thinks, oh, you're above the 210. Oh, you're rich. You got some money, you know? And then everyone below the 210 was like, oh, they're just, they're Rancho peasants. High School people, you know? Peasants. Yeah, peasants. <laughs> Um, and that was a big thing in, in Rancho and it was kind of a small, small town vibe a little bit with yeah, that growing up. Yeah. And, uh, so my sister went up there and then, uh, she, she actually had some run-ins with the, uh, the athletic director up there. My parents mm. did not like him. Mm-hmm. And so at that moment, that's when my sister was moved to Rancho her senior year. And then I was, uh, put in Rancho gotcha. high school. Okay. So. Right on dude. So overall pretty good high school experience. <clears throat> uh, I thought it was a waste of time. <laughs> Honestly, dude, I I knew I was 13, 14 years old. I knew I wanted to be a fireman. And oh, really? That, that, I, wow, that yeah, cool. I'll, yeah, and that story is a, a pretty good story. Uh, I, I knew in high school, I knew what I wanted to do. I mean, I was, when I was uh, uh, starting, I, I, ju- I was almost turning 18. And I remember I was in government class and I would bring in my EMT book. And I'd set it on my table. My teacher would come look at me and be like, what? You're not smart enough for that shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Little <laughs> and I'm like, hey, know. like, come on. I know what I want to do. And then my, like, my teacher was super cool. And he's like, hey, just study, study your EMT yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. he was my baseball coach, too. So I automatically got an A on the class anyways. Um, but <laughs> only, only because he worked hard at yeah, the class. Yeah, right? yeah. 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 He studied really hard. Yeah. Did really well on the test. Um, did all but, the homework. Uh, it was cool. Like that, I knew what I wanted to do, and so I, I honestly felt like every day I was going to high school. Like you know, I was with a lot of people that they had no clue what they wanted, which is yeah. fine. Like it's high school, you know, everyone wants to have fun. But I just kind of knew I had a goal in my mind and what I wanted to accomplish, and I was just like, "Can I graduate already? Can I get started?" Like I, I felt like I was just wasting time. Yeah. So did you, you didn't graduate early or anything? No, I wasn't smart enough for that. Mm. So did your parents know what you wanted to do? Yeah. Yeah, so I I knew uh, I knew I wanted to be a fireman about 12, 13 years old. So yeah. what what so, brought that up? Uh, so you know? my family, uh, kind of a cool story. Um, growing up in Ranch Cucamonga, uh, Chief Carrier, who's a retired fire chief of Ontario, uh, he was he grew up right across the street from me. Okay, and um, or he didn't grow up, but he lived across the street, yeah. and uh, I kind of grew up knowing him, his daughter and son, Allison and Stephen. And uh, our families kind of became friends. And we actually went on a Hawaii trip to Maui together, all of us, uh, when I was like 13 years old. And I was like, you know, playing baseball, doing my thing, you know, and I think I was in eighth grade, getting ready to go into freshman year high school. And I remember me and him, uh, our families were getting ice cream or something. And I was just sitting at a table and he was sitting next to me. And I'll never forget the moment he uh, he kind of looked at me and he's like, hey, Chase, um, have you ever thought about being a firefighter? And I was like, oh, well, I, I love the fire trucks. You know, I love the sound of it. Oh, you know, the, the girls love the firemen. You know, like I just loved that. That's all I really knew about it. Yeah. 
but I'd never had anybody approach me before and like ask me if I'm truly interested in it. Like, and as somebody in his position too, because I think at the time he was like a deputy chief or, or a BC, pretty high up there. Yeah. And uh, and he kind of pulled me aside and had like a we had like a serious 20, 30 minute conversation about it. And he said, "Okay, when we get back from Hawaii, I'm going to set you up with a ride along." And uh, guess who my first ride along shift was with? Ooh, give us a Station hint. five with uh, engineer Beacons. Uh, Danny Riza was on probation. Charlie Munoz was the other firefighter, and the captain was Dennis Patty. Nice. Oh, and nice. I was thirteen. I just turned fourteen years old. Nice. Oh wow, that's cool. And uh, that was my first ever ride along with a fire department, and it was Ontario Fire. And that was it, dude. That was, you were hooked. Yep. Oh yeah, so I was when, hooked. When you right walked away. away from that ride along, was it just like, oh my god, this is amazing? You know what? You know what's really funny is I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. Like the, the I mean like I uh, I remember like there was a lot of downtime during the. <laughs> Sorry, Neil's already drunk. There's, and it's uh, it's nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, you guys need to catch up. Yeah, there was there was uh, there was a lot of downtime during that that shift, and uh, I remember um, like we'd already cleaned like the app bay and stuff like that, and I was just kind of chilling. Like I just went and sat in the recliners. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like I was like, I'm just gonna chill, wait for call, you know. And and I remember I kept getting like weird looks from Charlie and stuff as he's walking by me, and <laughs> and Danny was like, Hey, dude, like come come outside, like come on, we gotta stay busy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like and I just oh, I didn't probation. cue into yeah. any of it. Um. But, uh, yeah, it was Den- uh, Captain Dennis Patty. I don't know if you guys have met know, him, but know. he uh, a really cool guy to, to be awesome. alongside with. Yeah, he was yeah. super cool and just big smile on his face the whole shift and just would always ask me, oh, like, this job's so cool. You're going to love it, blah, blah. And I was just like, you know what, this is, this is what I want. Like, this um, – my dad was a finance businessman my whole life, and, uh, you know, I saw him go through his ups and downs of, like, where he enjoyed it. And then times he'd yeah. come home from work and he was miserable. And I knew all I wanted to do a job that was, like, fun. Yeah. And to me, what's more fun than being on a big red fire engine? So. Everyone's smiling and waving. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can't lose. You're the hero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People don't hate you. Yeah. You're not on CNN. So that's, that brings up a good point. So let's, let's talk about your, uh, your journey to, to get to where you are right now. Yeah. So, uh. I'll just kind of start after that ride along. Uh, I got in contact with uh, Captain uh, Fred Nelson, who's also obviously retired now. Uh, he ran the Explorer program at the time gotcha. with Ontario. Uh, so I actually, uh, it was like a year later, I tried out for both Rancho Cucamonga Explore, uh, Explore program and then Ontario. And uh, <laughs> oh, so I was on a camping trip up in Big Bear at the time of the Rancho. Uh, tryouts or whatever and I remember my mom drove me down and I did the the fitness test and I actually threw up at the end of it <laughs> Dude, it was like I don't know I think it was just the elevation change or something yeah. like I was winded and I threw up at the end of it and I thought my interview went really well and I ended up not even getting on <laughs> not even joining so they didn't like me so um so then uh like two months later I had Ontario's and then I got selected or you know yeah. got invited to to be an explorer with Ontario and then uh I started showing up to those uh, three-hour sessions. Like it was like you know every Thursday um, from like six to nine, and uh, so that kind of clicked it off from there. But I was still focused on baseball. Like at the time, I was still going. I was still in high school, obviously, and then um, I was still very focused on like I want to get a scholarship. I want to play college ball. Like yeah. that's that was my life. Like 
there was times where I couldn't go to sports because I had baseball practice or like travel ball game or something. And so that was a major priority for me. Um, and then it wasn't until I was about 17 and a half my senior year and I got hurt. Uh, I hurt my, uh, my arm and then I tweaked some things in like my hip and stuff like that. And I pretty much had to take the half of my season off in baseball. And I had, a, I had a couple like D2, D3 scholarship offers. And uh, they uh, pretty much, as soon as I got hurt, it just disappeared. So it was like, oh, go to JC, get stronger, blah, blah, blah and then come back and we'll look at you again type of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, and I was, I, was, I mean, I'm, I don't want to be like cocky or anything, but I, I felt like I was a decent ball player. Like I, I went to a lot of showcases. Um, I got a good story about that too. It was a showcase. Um, actually played along with Bryce Harper. That's Who's cool. that? Bryce. <laughs> He's uh he's he's really good oh, uh, okay. sports fans. Yeah, he, he makes about thirty baseball. million a year now, and that's it. <laughs> that's what Neil makes, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would have thought driving up to this house, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get some oxygen on the way up. <laughs> yeah, we're in the death zone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I played with I actually played with a lot of guys that are, are in the big leagues now, and it was a really cool experience. But um, kind of getting back to back on track. Um, yeah, so I was I was baseball got hurt. All the I kind of got stopped getting communication from college coaches. That all kind of went out the window. Then I kind of had. I remember I sat down with my dad, and he's like, "Hey, you need to kind of make a decision. What do you want to do? Like, do you want to go all in with baseball and try to get a scholarship and try to move with that, or are you really liking the fire service stuff? Do you want to start that?" And it took like a couple of days to think about it, and then finally I was like, "No, nope, I want to be a firefighter. Like that's that's what's going to support me the rest of my life." So. Uh, Freaking jumped all in. I joined the uh, EMT program at Fire Futures, which uh, Ed Cook. A lot of people go to that. That's dude, I, I, hear a lot of, I hear that's pretty popular. Like yeah, it was cool because it's just super. Uh, you know, you don't wear a uniform and stuff. Like it's super chill, laid yeah. back. Like you just show up two days a week, learn what you need to learn, and get out. And so I was actually doing that while high school. While I was in my senior year nice. in high school. Cool. Nice. And, uh, and Ed Cook, who's a really cool guy over there, captain over at Montclair was running it. Um, and he like, he was another cool guy that kind of inspired me like that. I was making the right choice cause it was such a cool job, you know? And, uh, yeah, so I did that, um, did my EMT program there. Um, and then, uh, graduated high school, uh, got hired a, a little tiny ambulance company in Pasadena called guardian transport. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. And I uh, was doing IFTs and stuff and your inter-facility inter transports for like four months. And then uh, I walked into that office one day and was like, hey, I'm going to the fire academy. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> Quit. And they weren't happy about that. But they never um, are. Yeah. And then I left to go, uh, go to Marino Valley College Fire Academy. So I was about 18 and a half when I got in the fire academy over there. And then that's when I met uh, Ryan Peterman and John Francisco. And I actually carpooled with both of them. Nice throughout the whole academy. And uh, it was actually kind of funny too because we all had Ontario's turnouts because <laughs> we, uh, I was an explorer, so yeah. I, I got the turnouts through explorers. And then uh, Francisco was like sponsored by them too because, uh, you know, he was, he was the chosen hockey player. So Coach, ba <laughs> Coach Bombay. Um, and then uh, and then Peterman also, because Peterman's yeah. uncle used to work That's for right. us too. Yeah. So. Um, so it was cool. Like I met those guys. We carpooled uh, every day to the – fire academy and so i did that um it's actually some funny stories with that one too but <laughs> <laughs> i got funny stories and impressions of everything so um send it dog <laughs> send it 
Um, I actually remember, I'll, I'll just tell one quick story. Uh, it was like week 12 and we were doing Rick. Um, so like rapid intervention training and <laughs> we were learning ladder bailouts and we were on like the third story. And, uh, I kind of forgot to clip in with the, uh, belay line, <laughs> or safety line. And, oh dude, I built on this ladder so confidently and like, it was badass. Like I felt like a legit, like I just like, fuck yeah. You know, like just bailed out Both on this ladder dude thing. and like <laughs> i remember the instructor like i can hear him in the back of my head going no but then i was like no nah, i'm going you know like <laughs> one two rung and then you know i flipped around and i slid down the ladder and then the meanest guy uh he was not the meanest he's cool but uh, uh billy milligan who, uh, works for riverside he uh <laughs> i remember he he pulled me to the side and started screaming at me and what are you doing? Safety, blah, blah, blah. And I, I was like, oh, crap. Like, I, I messed up. Like, it was legit. Like, I look back. I'm like, that was dumb of me. You could have fallen. But, Third story. That's a, that's a long fall. But I'll never, yeah, I'll never forget one captain from Palm Springs came over to me and he pulled me aside. And he's like, hey, dude, let me see your wrist. And I, I, I pulled out my wrist. He's like, take off your glove. I'm like, what is he doing right now? I take off my glove and he like smacks the top of my hand. <laughs> he's like, don't ever do that again. But Damn, that was awesome. That was badass. That was badass. Like, and I bet you're 10, you know, 100 times more confident in that skill than anybody in this academy now. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, yes, sir. And he's like, all right, get back in formation. <laughs> and then after we had to do like 300 push-ups. But, but, you know, that's, that's later that's on. So. Um, but, yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, right on. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I always did well in like, you know, academies and stuff like that but i always had my moments where i was like chase like really come on everyone (laughs) Everyone. (laughs) all right so after you graduated the fire academy what where'd you go from there yeah okay so graduated fire academy and then um i knew i needed to get on as a reserve somewhere or uh, lt or um i know san Diego county had like the pay call firefighter stuff i was like okay i gotta get experience now because at the time um, you know, that was 2011. Um, it was, nobody was hiring. No, no yeah. departments were hiring. And the guys, the departments that were hiring, it was like two or three spots and it was like a thousand plus applicants easy, like right off the bat. Um, so I knew I had to get reserve experience. So I actually, um, was very lucky. Um, I got in contact with chief Momberg, who was, uh, the BC over at Upland. And uh, he was really cool. I went on a ride along with Upland Station One, one six one at the time, and uh, they, those guys were super cool. They liked me, um, and I uh, actually ended up interviewing for their reserve program like a month later, and uh, got on, got accepted, um, got on as a reserve there, uh, which was freaking awesome because I was pretty much just a fourth man yeah. on the engine, and it was the best experience uh, I could ask for. At that time, like oh yeah, at the early time, on, yeah. preparing me for like the future for the job yeah. probation and stuff. So I got on as a reserve over there, and then I um I worked as a reserve there for um did a total of like four and a half five years, um but it was about a year into it when I uh went after uh, paramedic school. So I went to paramedic school at um, Victor Valley initially. So this was actually. I'm sorry, my time's a little messed up, but uh, it was about two, three years after being a reserve. Because I was young and I was testing like, I was like 19. I remember my first interview was in Riverside City and I was 19. And I smoked the captain's interview. And uh, they liked me. Like the BC was in in the interview and he like walked me out. He's like, hey, get ready for your chief's interview. Like, 
you're you're a solid candidate blah blah i was like oh cool like here's like a little cocky you know 19 year old chase like oh i'm gonna get hired i'm gonna make hundred thousand dollars 19 years old you know like so stoked dude i was like i was like i was way out of my yeah way in way in over my head yeah. and uh um, you didn't even know though because that's like the blissful ignorance part where it's like you, you just don't know you, yeah. you have no yeah, idea i just didn't know any better your your perception of the world is little is tiny yeah like i was that. still yeah still living under mom and dad yeah and yeah. uh so i actually went, <laughs> i went to the chief's interview for riverside city and i walk in it's just me and uh me and the chief at the time and uh his first question was how old are you <laughs> <laughs> so i don't think it started off too well <laughs> and uh i don't know if they're allowed to ask that but uh i was like you know oh i'm 19 i'm super excited to be here and i'm ready to work hard and you know and i mean i was genuine in my answer but i just you know at the time i look back i'm like oh i probably should have said some different things but um i never heard back so (laughs) i think they wrote me off pretty quick Uh, i would have been like old enough to date your mama yeah (laughs) dude I, uh, he put, he put his feet on his desk like halfway through. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, right, okay, this, this is either going done. really good yeah. or I will never get invited to their process ever again. <laughs> he lost the truth. Um, I was like, oh, this guy's too young. But you know, the funny thing is later on, I found out that the, um, I don't know if this is the reason, but I was told from people I know there that they were only hiring guys with bachelor's degrees at the time. Like oh. if you didn't have a bachelor's degree, it was like a complete, nope. Interesting. Automatic. Okay. Um, so that's kind of weird, but yeah. Okay, so you did a couple interviews, tested a couple of places. When did you go to paramedic school? So about 2014. Okay. Oh, uh, 20. Yeah, 2014, like early, I think it was like January or something. I started medic school at Victor Valley. Yeah. Um, and it was tough for me at first. Uh, I don't know what it was. Um, I felt like fireman skills, I felt super confident in. And uh, mainly because I played a lot of sports. Yeah. So I was very confident in my in physical. A team, in a team environment, physical environment, you, that's where your your comfort zone was. Yep. I, I, I felt like I thrived in that aspect. Yeah. Um, when I started getting into the book stuff and that's the medical different. stuff, it was tough for me. Yeah. It was hard. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I actually failed my first go at medical school. Oh, really? I didn't know I that. Did. And it was the best thing that could ever happen to me. Yeah. Because... And I, I look back, I mean, I, I battled it because I don't feel like I failed. Like it, it was a opinion from an instructor based on my treatment. Yeah. Um, pretty much I made it, the story is I, I made it through didactic. Um, it was the finals, didactic finals. And pretty much you have four skill stations, peds, trauma, medical, and then like a static dynamic cardio, uh, full like rest, mega like code. Mega code. Full, yeah, yeah. Mega code. And if you fail two or more out of those four scenarios, you don't get to retest and you're just done. You have to, you have to come back. You have to cycle back. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, I passed my first two scenarios. I was doing well. And then I took my, my last two and I just had a couple hiccups in it. I didn't do anything detrimental, but there was tr- like, it's funny now. Cause now like I've talked to doctors about the treatment and you know, people, other medics about the treatment that I gave. And it was like, dude, I, w- I would do that too in the field. Like it was just a very, it was unfortunate. It sucked. Um, and the instructors failed me and I didn't get to retest. And it was kind of like crap. Like it's, it was a, it was a kind of a stab to the heart. Cause I was yeah. like, maybe this, like I started to kind of second guess myself. I'm like, how, and how old maybe. were you? I was 22. And at that point, like you're, if you're not used to, to failing things and you're not used to, to going through things like that and being told like, Hey, 
you didn't do well enough or for yeah. whatever reason, even if you didn't agree with it, like that was the toughest part for me was, uh, cause I failed a skills thing in, in medic school and I, I sat there and looked at it and I was like, and, and I fought it at first and I was like, that's, that's horseshit. Like, yeah. I can't believe you just failed me and I was pissed off at first. And yep. then, then you realize like, well, it is what it is. And if you let that, that overcome you where you're like, this is bullshit. Yeah. It, you, you won't do well. It, no, exactly. And that, and that's what I was, I was pissed. I was angry. Like I, I remember I went into the the head instructor's office cause he was like, Hey, just brush it off. Come back. Like, it's just going to make you better. And I was like, no, like I like give me a trauma assessment right now. I'll freaking kill it. Like do it right now. Like I, I was just angry. I just yeah. could, but that's a lot of the reason. Like I had had a lot of success up to that point. And this was like a good, a humbling moment for yeah. me where it's like, Hey, you know, chill chase you need to learn this stuff and you need because you know people's lives are on the line with this stuff and you know so i was like okay you know and so i i finally settled down and my parents you know were like hey don't let it get to you like just go back do it again it's only gonna make you better i'm like all right fine you know but i was bit i mean it sucked like it was yeah. it was a little tough for me um uh but i so i cycled back um and then at the time uh when I cycled back, I was still working as a reserve. Uh, I was working on an ambulance now at AMR Rancho. And uh, so I was just kind of doing my thing, getting experience. Um, I started to get a little frustrated because I started seeing a lot of my friends getting hired. Mm. And like, that's when LA City flew their big test. Mm. Yeah. And after the freeze, you know, their needle yeah. in the haystack yeah. pick of that department. And, and I started seeing guys that I, I felt at the time I had done a lot more, you know, and compared to some, some of these friends that were getting hired and I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like, what yeah. the heck? Like, cause now I'd already been to a couple chiefs interviews. Like I remember Pasadena, um, Ventura County. Like I was making it far in processes, but I wasn't, you just were getting, chief, yeah. chief interviews. And that's frustrating. And that's oh, dude, I was getting frustrated and yeah. I was getting, I was getting angry because I was like, I'm putting in the work. What am I doing wrong here? Yeah. And then I'd see my friends, you know, a couple of buddies that, um, you know, I'm still best friends with today and nothing, you know, they're good dudes, good firemen. Um, but I just felt like I was doing a lot and I, I felt like, why, what are they doing different that I'm not doing? Um, so I kind of started to get those frustrations and I think, I think a lot of guys go through that, you know, that's kind of that hump. Especially if you, if you spend a lot of time testing and trying to get to a full-time department, yeah. and it's tough not to look at other people and be like, well, that guy that guy didn't do reserve time or that guy wasn't a PCF or that oh, guy yeah. wasn't that. And there's some guys that like just call it luck or, or whatever, but they were just able to basically take one test and there you go. Yeah. It's just yeah. kind of like, Oh, the one and done, you yeah. know? And, um, yeah. And I was just getting frustrated. And, and so I finally, uh, I, I went, I started medical school again and I had to, I had to pretty much start from the, the midway of didactic again for the next class. So they let me cycle back to through like theory and all that. That's good. Yeah. And that's actually uh, when I cycled back, uh, I was in class with uh, Zach Hoffman. Ah. So that's how I met him. Big Hoff daddy. And, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> Hoff daddy, dude. He was funny. Um, so we had a good time in class. And then uh, so I was going through. So now, you know, do my thing. Reserve, AMR, yeah. uh, going through medical school. And I was killing it because I knew every, I knew everything already. Already everything memorized. You went through the class already. You made yep. it to the end. So I knew exactly, just, and I was kind of like, "All right, give me the, the give me the next step. I'm ready yeah. to go." Um, and I get to the end of uh, didactic, and I remember one day I was sitting at home, and 
I just tested for LA County. And this was like, this was like a month after LA County had their big, their big test where they had like 10,000 people yeah. at the convention center. And, uh, I got notified that I failed the written test. And I was like, are you kidding? Like I, to this day, I know for a fact I did not fail that test. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very weird that all my friends and all of us sat at the same row table and we all failed. And I were, I, I took that test with a couple guys that don't fail tests like that. So I don't know. I was frustrated about that one too. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I got notified that I didn't pass LA County's test. And I'm like, what? The? Like, I was just, I was done. Like, I was just like, I just kind of hit Super my Super frustrated. Point, like, I was yeah. like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. is this ever going to happen? You know, because I wanted to be the young guy that gets hired. Yeah. Because I felt like I had a good head on my shoulders and like. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 45 years later. <laughs> Get out of my house. Yeah. So like, I was like, I, I wanted to be the young guy, you know, I wanted to be that young, successful guy that, get, has, you know, has yeah. everything together. And, yeah. and I just felt like time was just clicking, to, you know, ticking away. And, um, I remember a friend of mine over at Ontario police department and he, I remember he mentioned, Hey dude, why, why don't you apply to PD? Like, Hey man, this fire thing's not working out, but yeah, you know no, it's no. really cool. No, hey, like he's like, dude, it's super cool. It's a good department. And uh, at the time, I was dating this girl who uh, both her brothers were Fontana cops, nice. and uh, and they were super cool. And I remember I talked to them about it, and then I was just the spark started to happen. Like where I was like, huh? My dad was a police officer in the '80s for a little bit. Like, oh no shit. Yeah, he actually was a, a police officer for Upland. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So he did yeah. that. He was like a reserve for like four years. And nice. then I think he was like full time for like a couple years. And then he was doing business and stuff though. So it was gotcha. only like a, a part-time gig yeah. for him type of thing. Um, but all his friends, all my dad's friends were cops and they like, I was just kind of like, okay, these are good guys. These are cool dudes. I look up to like, I love guns. <laughs> I, I love to carry a gun. I love, yeah. I love like tactical stuff. So I'm like, why not? Yeah. Like, I don't want to make, Ten dollars or eight dollars an hour on ambulance anymore. Like I want to, you know, I want to get my life started. Did you, ever, did you ever think about joining the forest service or like going to Cal Fire or anything? I did. Uh, the only thing that is, I had some mentors that always told me, <laughs> not in a negative way, <laughs> but I had I'm some mentors that said shit. that they used it to tell me, kill. "Don't like, don't go to Cal Fire because you'll get sucked in." True and that. Yeah, especially hard, at that. It'll time. be hard to get especially out. Especially that time. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be hard to get out. Yeah. And it would be hard to test for places. And so I was like, okay, like, so I kind of checked that out. So yeah. I never wanted to do that. And then uh, the forest service, I just never, I honestly just never looked into it. I didn't really know much about it. And I just felt like my reserve time at Upland was good. Like good to have. Cause I was yeah. working like one 24 hour a week. And, and I thought, I thought Upland would hire me after medic school. Um, I had some good mentors over there that were kind of guiding me with that stuff. And, uh, yeah, so I was um, starting to get that itch of like, you need to do something. I need to do something. Like, you need I, to get hired. I somewhere. need to get hired somewhere. I'm yep. sick of being plateaued. Like, I don't want to work on a ambulance yep. anymore. I feel like I've, you know, I know medic school was continuing, but I was just kind of at that point. I was kind of over medic school because um, I'd done it twice now, um, and I put in an application with Ontario PD. And next thing you know, I take a written test. Two weeks later, I get invited to an interview and I'll never forget that day. I walk in to that interview 
And I'd already been through like five or six fire interviews. So I'm like, I got this. Like, this is, this is going to be a cakewalk. Like, I'm going to blow these guys away right now. And my, my resume said like, fire this, fire, 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 fire that, fire, 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 fire this, yeah. fire that. Like, I think my objective, I think I even forgot to change it. Like, I think it's still said to be a firefighter for, you know, city of Huntington <laughs> Beach or something. And, uh, dude, I was, you know, I had my suit on and everything yeah. and I walked in kind of confident and maybe a little cocky. <laughs> um, and, uh, I sat down with the two sergeants, uh, Sergeant Watson and then, uh, detective Rowe. And then I can't remember the other detective's name, but they start looking at my resume and they're like, are we interviewing? Like, is this for firefighter or is this for police officer? And I, I looked at him. I'm like, I'm like, oh crap. Like they got me like, they, like this is going bad. This is starting off bad. Well, and so I, the fire thing's not dude, really working out. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not the cream of the crop. So I thought I'd come here. Um, no. So I actually, I don't know what it was, but I just, the perfect answer just clicked in my head at the moment. And I laughed and I said, no, sir, uh, you're interviewing somebody who really has a passion for public service. Dang, dude. That's and they, PIO shit. Dude, <laughs> they looked at me and their smiles just changed to like, okay, cool. That's cool. Right on. And I knew from that moment, I had a feeling I was like, oh, they're going to hire me. Like, this is, I just had a, it just clicked. Yeah. And they started asking me, okay, you know, tell us why Ontario PD. And I, you know, I went in that, you know, Hey, look, I've done this fire stuff. I know how to handle emergency incidents. I've been in stressful situations, but you know, I kind of have a family background with PD, blah, 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 blah. And I just, dude, it just clicked. Every answer was just perfect. And, uh, at the end of the interview, they started asking me, okay, you know, give us something. Have you done drugs? Have you done like, cause they're background investigators. Yeah. So like, they actually like ask you like, like background questions right at that moment. So they're like, Hey, have you done, um, you know, have you done any drugs? Have you done anything stupid? Like DUIs, whatever, like give it to us like right now. Cause we don't want to waste your time. And I was like, sir, I haven't done anything. Like I'm, I'm freaking goody two shoes. Okay. I still text my mom that I'm gone for more than an hour. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Speaking and, uh, they started laughing dude. And they're like, okay, like, can you step outside for a second? And I'm like, Oh yes, sir. And, um, and I step outside and like, this is weird for me because this is not how fire interviews are. Like yeah. fire interviews is you go in there 15 minutes, you're out, like you're gone there. You don't see those guys again. You might not even hear anything back. Yeah. You might not hear anything back. So they're like, Hey, could step outside for like 15 minutes and then we'll call you back in. I'm like, well, okay. Like I'm guessing this is a good sign. I go, I sit outside. Uh, they come and grab me. They bring me back in. They're like, okay, Chase, here's the deal. We really like you. We want you to be here. Um, Background orientation is tomorrow night. Can you make oh, it? Holy shit. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> this is going really fast. Like, I was like, my heart rate, like, I was going into freaking deep yeah. dead, dude. Um, I was like quivering. I was like, uh, d well, I, and I remember my first answer was like, uh, well, I have medic class. <laughs> <laughs> and they like looked at me. They're like, do you want this or not? Like, we're pretty much saying we want to hire you. Like, yeah. And you're going to have to make a decision. And I was like, no, sir. Like, I, you're right. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just, this is kind of in the moment. Like, I'll be there. And uh, so, dude, it was, it was insane. Like, I literally go back to medic school or sorry. Yeah. The next, the next day I go back to medic school and I had to pretty much make up an excuse to leave early. I just said, I, I'm not feeling well. I got the shits. Yeah. Yeah. I, I pretty <laughs> I much leave, I leave school early. 
And then I go to my background orientation and I'm thinking like, okay, there's going to be like 60 or 70 guys there, you know, like fire departments, like, you know, 60 guys for two spots in a background, you know, I show up and there's one other guy sitting in the the lobby (laughs) at the police department. And I'm like, Hey, what's up, man? You here for background? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Like just us. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, huh? So I'm just standing there. The detective comes back. He's like, all right, gentlemen, like, welcome back. Like, come on back. We go, we sit down in the room, big old background packet sitting there with my name on it. And it's, you know, like police candidate, like over my name. And I'm like, this is crazy right now. And, uh, and he, the first thing he says, cause I'm dude, I'm at this point, I'm still like, do I want to do this? Yeah. Like, is this, do I really want to give up medical school? Do I really want to give up reserve? Like, do I want to give up my dream to do this? And I was unsure until the moment he opened his mouth, the detective, and he said, all right, guys, we interviewed 250 candidates. You two are it. Dang. Wow. Damn. And at that moment, I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a very religious guy, but I was like, okay, like God's telling me something right now. Like I need to do this. I need to follow through with this. And I just got super excited. I was like, this is fucking badass because I knew Ontario PD, like just, you know, just like the fire department, like they handpicked their guys. Yeah. Very and, well respected department. Yeah. Good, good officers. Yeah. And, and they're, they're solid, you know, and I knew that, you know, you, they're not going to just handpick people like random people. Like they want good people. And I just got super excited, super stoked. And, uh, yeah, sure enough, I mean, that's my heart. Like next thing you know, I'm black Monday, first day fire police Academy. You, you know, went fast to forward s- about two months, three months later, San Bernardino County. Yeah. Okay. And their backgrounds, uh, the PD backgrounds is about a hundred times more, yeah. uh, difficult than yeah, our backgrounds background, background, yeah. wow and ours is pretty extensive and ours, ours is, yeah ours is already extensive dude it was uh i had to write a 12 page uh biography oh, myself. I, I wouldn't have made that one <laughs> and every page oh, no, get this one. my name throughout the 12 pages i had to write in my what what when and where of all the yeses on my 600 page uh, oh. polygraph oh, questionnaire gosh. so Jeez. and then i had to do a polygraph also and uh Whew. Yeah, it was uh, it was brutal, but I remember uh, I I made it through the backgrounds, and they, we had to do a physical fitness test and everything. And like I remember, the detectives were actually betting on me versus the other candidate for, <laughs> for who was gonna run like the fastest five hundred meter dash and who, like who won. Yeah, so it was dude, it was funny. So um, but who won? Uh, I didn't win the run. I, <laughs> I, I, I was tired. <laughs> I, think I, I think I had too much at brunch the day before. <laughs> AKA mimosas. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So like next thing you know, like they freaking they offered me a job and uh, I'm get, next thing you know, I'm getting fitted for my police uniform. And now it's I had real make, dude. Like that's, oh, that's real. It was real. Yeah. Like I got fitted for my bulletproof vest. Like they gave me a gun. Like, <laughs> what do I do with this? And they're like, okay, uh, don't, uh, don't open this until you get to the Academy. One. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Chase. Why don't yeah. Why last desk pop? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> September yeah, of yeah. 09. Yeah. I, I wanted to do one of those. I never got to. Um, <laughs> yeah, we call it a nedulant discharge. Yeah. Paper bitch. <laughs> Paper bitch. <laughs> so, yeah, dude, it was, uh, dude, it started, it was crazy. So, um, I get my start date for the academy, and pretty much I detected, like, hey, get in shape. Like, get ready. And I'm scared out of my mind because oh, I'd yeah, already dude, been that's through. That's intimidating. I'd already been through fire academy. Yeah. Uh, our paramedic school was kind of treated like a little bit of academy, like uniforms. 
but this is the police academy. Like this is this is different. That's long. It's six yeah. months. This is uh this is some serious stuff and and this is all happening like snap snap. Oh, you know, dude, I, within within a month, I was leaving medical school and getting uniforms for my police academy. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, my dad was super excited because like, he he loved the fact that I was gonna be a cop. Like he was all about that. And uh, so day one, Black Monday. I'll never forget that. Uh, we weeded out, I think, 30 or 40 people that day. Jeez. What was the class size? 80. Oh, okay. I think we went in with like 86 or something like that. And I remember we're all standing there at attention. And we're... We were you know, in uniform at that point? Yeah. Okay. yeah so we so were in our, wear class, a, our class A uniform. Gotcha. Okay. So we got our, our tie, our tie bar, you know, our, our nice black you yeah. know, boots are all shined. And we're all standing there at formation. Uh, we had already had like a five-week pre-class, which was like just meet one day a week. Because I was in the academy with like people from like West Covina PD, yeah. uh, Chino, uh, Sheriff's Department, uh, Beaumont, like all these different places. Um, we met as a class for like five weeks, one day a week to like just get some basics down, you know? So we show up day one and they do a, I think it's pretty cool. They, they actually, all the, the chiefs from all the respective police departments show up for day one to watch. Oh. To watch the okay. first... Uh, two hours because it's it's a entertaining scene yeah um 6 a.m we're lined up and we know we're just we're about to get our asses kicked like we you know it's coming and you're just sitting there you're like how's this gonna be so we're facing the south side we're on the grinder a big old cement pad yeah. and 80 of us all lined up in formation and we're facing south and we got tons of people admin people chiefs from other departments all sitting there watching us and they're all smiling because they know what's coming <laughs> and we're like fuck this is gonna suck and i always thought like okay the first week's gonna suck the rest of it's gonna be good at least what i thought um next thing you know uh we can hear the tactical staff uh which are pretty much the uh the TAC officers are pretty much the guys with their, you know, their uh, their hats, and they're gonna scream at you, yeah, and treat you like shit for the next twenty four weeks. And uh, oh we can hear my them wife? go. Uh, we can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, babe. <laughs> kind of like being married, you know. Uh, yeah. So we also we hear um, in the background like uh, tax staff, attention, forward march, and we're like, oh fuck, here it comes. Like they march out to us, yeah. And like we could hear the boots like getting closer and closer and closer. And then I remember next thing you know, I hear this ching, 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 ching. And I look to my right and there's like a grenade. <laughs> like literally a little like grenade thing. Did you fucking dive on it? <laughs> literally like just bounced and landed right next to me. I'm like, what the fuck? And boom, blows up. And it's like a, it's like a less lethal flashbang. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. As soon as the flashbang yeah. goes off, everybody's like, whoa, like what the heck? And we all turn and then the screaming starts. <laughs> and all you hear is, who's leading this class? Who's and you just hear screaming and yelling and it didn't stop for 24 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, dude, next thing you know, like guys are getting their badges taken off of them. They're getting their ties taken off and like wrapped around their arms. And then they're getting, put I got, you know, I got told that my boots looked like crap and I had to get in push up position. And I pretty much held push up, push up position for like 30 minutes. Cause they forget about you. <laughs> they tell you to go to push up position. Then they go off and they forget about you. And then if you get up, they'll remember who you are right away. And, uh, and dude, it was just a complete open game ass kicking for, for just nonstop. Dang, dude. That's and, awesome. And 
what they it was it was cool billing. like i i remember i was kind of smiling a little bit because i'm like this is like i feel like i'm in fucking seal team training right now. Like, <laughs> you know, like, about to go to war boys yeah yeah stolen valor to find it um I, yeah, kinda, I was like damn it's almost like Warping. special forces man <laughs> <laughs> it, I was like, dude, this is freaking cool. What do we um, eat spiders and stuff? Yeah, we? yeah. I was like, I was like, when we go grab the logs and go get Sandy, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So next thing you know, dude, we're just getting screamed at, and uh, next thing you know, our classes uh, goes from you know, and, and it, we we got yelled at for like three hours, and then we got formed up and we got put in the classroom, and the classroom's like the safe zone. Yeah. Throughout the whole. <laughs> Throughout the whole 24 weeks, the classroom is your safe zone. Like, and the instructors in the classroom that are teaching the lectures, they'd be like, "Hey guys, you guys hating? Up? You holding up? Like, you doing okay? Like, hey, uh, sorry to let you know, but uh, you gotta take a 15 minute break." <laughs> and breaks weren't just go outside and chill. Like, breaks were like you had to call the TAC office on the phone, and you had to say, you know, sir, ma'am, uh, this is you know. Police trainee Patterson requesting a 15 minute break per instructor, blah, 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 sir, ma'am. And then you just hear, form it up. And you're like, oh, crap, here we go. <laughs> so then you'd run out onto the grinder, form up, and then they would, uh, they'd destroy us for 15 minutes. So they would, uh, I remember we would do, uh, one time we got told to form up and we had to run up to the gas house. And the SWAT team had just happened to do, uh, live, uh, gas, um, <laughs> tear gas training mm. and pepper ball training nice. like nice. two days before. So the instructors kept yelling out that, Oh yeah, it's a little musty in there. We're going to have some fun in there. And we had to go inside the gas house and do burpees. Oh God. And this is, dude, there's like resi resi uh, yeah. residual gas and yeah. like powder everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's like full blown sludgeon when we're walking out. Yeah. Like <laughs> we get back to class and the instructor starts laughing at us. Cause we're like, our eyes are watering our, we're snot just going down our faces. Like, Everybody's eyes are bright red. And he's like, oh, they took you to the gas house, huh? We're like, yeah. <laughs> Classic. Can we not have a break next time? <laughs> um, and, dude, they just destroyed us, dude. It was, And that's, that's, that's the first 12 weeks were just because we were the junior class. Yeah. So there's a senior class and a junior class. And the first 12 weeks are just weed, it, weed people out. If you don't want to be there, you're, you're going to quit because they, they drive you. They – I always think the police academy was one of the best training I've ever gotten in. And it's something that I know is a far fetched, but I think everybody should go through because it taught me so many more values. Well, dude, when you get broken down like that and you get pushed to your, your limits, right? I think you learn so much about yourself oh, when yeah. that happens and you're sitting there and you're like, man, do I really want to do this? And if you don't question it, then there's there's something wrong like yeah you, you you have to go through if you, if you don't yep. have a day where you're like shit dude i'm kind of done like I, I don't want to do this anymore yep and then you fight through that dude you learn so much about yourself oh and they i mean they knew they they find character flaws oh yeah in everybody oh yeah dude every all i think we ended up graduating like 50 something out of the 80 or 40 something out of the 80 that we started with they find the character flaws uh, they found it in me they found it in other people like they, I, so my strength was the physical fitness. Like I was always a good runner. I think like my mile and a half time was like eight twenty at the end of the academy. Yeah. And I was just in killer. I was in the best shape of my life. And, uh, they, they would think that I was an individual. So yeah. they'd call me out on it. They'd be like, Oh, you're just going to be an individual, huh? You just think you're better than everybody. And I'd be like, well, I'm trying to push myself, but like, what, what? No, I'm like a team member. Like what the heck, you know? Yeah. And 
So they just yeah. find ways to yeah. get you, and they they really teach you the value of team and coming together when everybody, you know, even the young, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And we found that out quick because whoever was the weakest at push-ups, we did push-ups the longest because of that weak yeah. link. And they tried to get us to turn on that person to try to get them to quit. And some, some did quit, and others toughened it out, and we were able to make it through. Um, but there's so much value in everything. Um, Kind of going back, I was uh, day four. So this was day four in the academy. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure you guys haven't heard this story. Day four in the academy. Uh, so one of the things they do is they the TAC officers, while you're in class, they'll go down to your vehicles <laughs> and in the parking lot. And they'll find if there's window tinting, if there's expired license, expired registration, cars unlocked, whatever they could find to get you on. Really? They were looking. Well, I'm pretty sure I didn't. I did lock my car. Somehow they got into it, and I remember we're sitting in class, and the instructor's like, "All right, we're gonna do 15 minute break." So we call the tack offs, and they're like, "Form it up." I'm like, "Oh shit, all right." And I remember running outside the door of the classroom, and I look up, and my car is parked on <laughs> on the grinder. What? In the middle of the grinder? Are you serious? My Nissan Frontier is on the middle of the grinder with music blasting with all the doors open. And I'm like, "What the fuck?" And then there's clothes thrown everywhere. In dirt up on one of the pull-up bars like everywhere. And I'm like, "Oh no. They got into my car." And we form it up and then they scream, "Whose vehicle is this?" Mine, sir. <laughs> Get up here. I freaking run to the front and they just start chewing me out about how I left my car unlocked. And I, I swear, I, to this day, I still think I locked yeah. it. And I think they I think they got in. I think they wanted to make an example of me um, because one thing about Ontario, like the instructors would go up to the people that were Ontario candidates and they'd be like, oh. Ontario, huh? Like, oh, you guys are the big bad Ontario, huh? Like, oh, you guys, you know, we're we're, we're not good enough to walk on your walk on your vicinity. Like, that's the instructors which you treat us like. And I kind of liked it because I was like, yeah, like, what do you guys need, dog? Like, come on. <laughs> um, Polish my boots. So I think they wanted to make an example of one of us, yeah. Um, just to level us all out, which is, it's understandable. Like, it's you know, that's how the that's what they want. They want us all in one playing field, um, and. They threw my shit everywhere, um, and they they said, "Who's Shelly Patterson?" And I was like, "Sir, that's my mom, sir." And he's like, "Oh, well, guess what? She's dead now." And they just started they started drilling into me, saying that my whole family's dead now because they made up a story that because there's a jail right across the yeah, street yeah, from there, yeah. and they said that one you know convict broke out of the jail, was able to steal my vehicle because my keys were unlocked found my mom's business card in my center console and drove to my family's house and then killed my mom, my dad, my sister, my nieces because of me leaving my car unlocked. Jesus, Jesus. man. And they drilled it into me. That's fucking deep. And they told me, they assigned me that I needed to write a five-page handwritten memo or obituary on each of my family members. Oh, God. Like, they they went all out, dude. It was, I was kind of like, are you serious right now? Like, like I, I couldn't kind of believe it, and yeah, but I was like, whatever. Like, all right, I'll write the fucking thing. Like, it's gonna be the best goddamn obituary you're gonna ever read. Yeah. Like, 
And and one of the things in the the police academy is memos, the the handwritten yeah. memos. That's how they get you. Um, I think some guys had like twenty six in one night, and oh each w- one one memo is three page, oh. handwritten. If you make one mistake oh. with pen, you had to rewrite it. Oh, the whole thing. Wow. That's so that's how they got you. So what they would do is, like I remember the first night I had to write four pages, four memos. I was up till two in the morning, and I had to get back to the academy at four a.m. five a.m. So that's how they sleep deprive you. They do, they do that throughout the whole academy. And because uh, you're handwriting all night, dude. Like, there's no break. Like, you get home and you go straight to your desk and you start handwriting. And you have to just create fluff and BS. But it yeah. teaches you to write good. Like, my my writing is like 10 times better than it was before now. That's important, especially with, with police stuff. Oh, like, yeah. They, they because they, you know, that. you get called to court and shit. I Make mean, or break something. So. Yeah. So, anyway, so the memos, all that crap. Um, Getting back to the obituary, I had to write the freaking obituary, and I came back, and I had to read it out loud in front of the whole class. Jeez, man. God. And I talked about my... I still have it at home. I have it. Oh, really? It, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold on to it for a yeah. long time. Uh, but I had to write, you know, talk about my mom, my yeah. sister, because of my actions. And I remember I yelled it out loud as I was reading it, and I read. I wrote it so good. And I remember everybody in my class was like, dude, are you okay? Like, that was fucking good. <laughs> and the, the instructors... Uh, never messed with me again. Really? Good. Yep. Oh, they man. were kind of like, okay, this guy knows. Like, yeah. he's got a head on his shoulders. He knows. Like, so there was a method behind that. Like, there yeah. was definitely a method to their. Oh, it totally, yeah. dude. There's. I was scared out of my mind from some of those guys. There was one guy, uh, Deputy Cornet, and he had like the slick back hair with like like from like Brad Pitt from Fury. Yeah. Like just intimidating yeah. as hell, and his voice. I still can hear his voice. Like, that voice was like, oh. Fuck. Like, yeah, it was scary. Like, and that's, I mean, I'm sure that I don't know the military is kind of the same thing. Yeah. We had a guy, same guy, not same guy, but the same kind of thing. He, uh, he was a former combat controller, which is the air force special force. Oh yeah. And we called him Megatron. That's <laughs> yeah, what his voice badass like. dudes. Yeah. <laughs> and so they just, I just always stuck. I just always remembered that guy. And, uh, and, but yeah, they never, uh, they never messed with me for us Academy and, and next, you know, 24, 24 weeks later and getting ready to graduate. And, uh, you know, our class, we'd lost like 35, 40 people. Most of them quit. Some filled out. And it's no joke. I mean, it's like, you know, you're taking tests every week. Um, firearms training, tactical training, physical. Like, it, it's fun. It was a fun academy. Like, once you get used to, it's kind of like, I, I relate it to like, I mean, I wasn't in the military, but I hear a lot of similarities with the boot camp and stuff. Like, once you start like. You get used to the environment you find, you, and you start you, thriving in it. You start yeah. thriving in it and then you find the holes to yeah. have fun too with I, it. I always compare it to being like an inmate. Too. I was never an inmate, but like you compare it to like the, <laughs> the inmate crews or like yeah. on probation. Like you can find like the in the routine, you find the the ways to move about in there and you, you to guide yourself through that. And yep. you know the schedule of like and the little mannerisms of all the instructors of whoever's in charge of you or whatever. Oh, yeah. And we, I mean, we still, even up to, I remember it was like week 20 and somebody messed up in our class and they made us do things called quick changes where you'd be in your class. You had two uniforms, class A and class B. Class A is obviously your, you know, your inspection uniform and class B is your, you know, your throughout the academy uniform. We'd be in our class. No, we'd be in our PT gear and then they'd yell at us and say, you got two minutes to be in your class A uniforms and meet back on the grinder. We'd run and change in our class A, be back. And then for every second over the two minutes, we had to do burpees in our class A uniforms. So I remember one time we had to do like 220 burpees in our class A uniforms. Like my, my knees were shredded like, and they're like, well, figure it out. Cause we got inspection. Yeah. Fix it. 
And so I would like I would go to like Prestine Uniform and I'd be like, I need new pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, they made us do that. Then we'd had a quick change. You know, you got another two minutes to be in your class B. All right, you got two minutes to get back in your PT uniform. And what they would do is they're trying to catch people to leave their lockers unlocked. Oh. So then when secure. somebody left their lockers that's unlocked. That's important, dude. Guess that, who, I like that lesson. Guess who came and freaking took all this shit and threw it everywhere around yeah. the academy again. Yeah. So they were really, because, you know, as cops, you know, you get on you get on calls, like, you got to make sure. You, you know, lock shit. You got to secure shit. Secure stuff. You got, you know, important that's a, stuff. That's really so. good. That's um, so anyways, yeah, dude, that's freaking you know, went through the 24 weeks, had some killer training yeah. and, uh, graduated. Um, I graduated like, I think it was like number five or number six nice. in my class, which is cool. Like I didn't expect myself to do that well. And I was pretty stoked. Um, I came out number, uh, number one in the physical fitness for men's, which was really cool. Like I just, I wanted that. Like, you yeah. know, I, I pushed myself. I was like, I want to, you know, I want to be a top that's what Ontario expected. Like the detectives were like, they'd be pissed if we got like 80% on test. They'd be like, you need to get 95 plus. They're like, oh shit, yes sir. Like, you know, so like it was cool like to, you know, do well and, and I felt like I thrived pretty well towards the end of it and um, it went good. Um, next thing you know, I go back to Ontario PD and I remember one of the Met, Met team guys was like, hey, uh, so all that training you just learned at a, uh, San Rio County Sheriff, like, yeah, all the tactical stuff, just forget it. Um, this is how we do things now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I remember we did some of the best training that I ever had um, was when I got back and you know, we trained with the SWAT team in Ontario. Nice. Those, those guys are full-time SWAT guys. They're yeah. badass, dude. They're, they're some good dudes over there. And they did this one drill where you did some munitions, which was a little paintball, little, um, little rubber balls and stuff like that that we'd shoot. And uh, so we did active shooter, like clearing rooms. And then we did one where like you walk into a room and uh, they put a blanket over you and they spin you 10 times and then they take the blanket over you and you got six different threats around, oh, circled around you. And you have to look, uh, do a full 360 quick, identify what's the most threat at the moment and act accordingly. Nice. So like, you know, a guy pointing a gun at me with no victim or no hostage. Okay, boom, shoot him real quick. Turn around. Okay, this guy's walking forward with me with a gun to a person's head and he's walking closely. What do I do with him? Like it, it, you had to just identify the different threats. And I was like, dude, this is like the coolest training I ever got in my life. And that was like, that was badass. So, cool. um, yeah, so I guess fast forward a little bit, you know, I, I, I did all that. I, uh, next, you know, it's day one freaking starting patrol as a police officer. Um, scared out of my mind i was nervous <laughs> um it was a weird feeling like being a reserve the whole time and then next yeah. you know like you're putting on like now i'm putting on a bulletproof vest it's a complete room. switch in mentality and Dude, perspective complete and this is around that same week that i started was when the ferguson riots mm, started okay in missouri, missouri yeah yeah um so the country didn't like police officers at the time um and it, I, and it was, it was palpable. You could feel it. Yeah. Like it was weird. Um, and I had a lot of fun in the Academy. My first three days on patrol were crazy. We had an active shooter at, uh, the graveyard over off mountain and G street. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. we were like the second officers on scene for that. And it was three people shot in the head. Um, Jesus. I don't remember that. That's yeah. literally, that yeah, literally a couple hours after that, we had a, bank robbery at the Wells, our Archwell, Wells Fargo. And I remember they said they possible built pipe bomb inside and like 
I remember like my, my trainee officer was like, Hey, why don't you hop in with the Met team or like line up with those guys and make an entry. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> and like, they, 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 they're turning around looking at me like, don't fucking shoot me in the back, Ricky. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'll try not to, sir. <laughs> so just like a crazy, dude, just crazy. Like, yeah. and you're, I'm spinning the whole time. Cause I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Like you just learn on the job. Like police is a lot Academy, but then learn on the job. And, and it was cool. Like the first three days were really cool. Um, and then after a couple of weeks started getting into more, just the police work. Cause I'm in the, I'm in the phases of FTO. There's like phase one, phase two, phase three, phase one is like 75% FTO, 25% training. Then it goes 50, 50. And then I'm doing mostly everything yeah. in phase three. So the first like two, three months are like phase one. And, uh, and I don't know what it was. Um, after about a week or two weeks on patrol, I started to kind of get a feeling that I made a mistake. <laughs> Shit. And it, dude, it was hard to grasp. Yeah. Wow. I can only imagine. Because I was like, I just went through 24 weeks of hell to get to this. And I'm just now starting. Why am I feeling this way? <clears throat> and I couldn't comprehend it. dude. And I, I like, and this is personal and I don't mind sharing it. Like I would come home crying. Like I would come, I was thinking he made a mistake. I would go home and I would sit in my room and I'd cry because I'd be like, what am I, what the fuck, what is going on? What am I? And I would just think about my time as a reserve. And I think about the fun times I had at the fire station and how much people loved seeing the firefighters show up, you know? And, um, and I just, it was sad for me. It hurt. Like I just wasn't, I was like, fuck, did I make a mistake? Um, I was like, no, brush it off, whatever. I'll be fine. A couple more weeks of training, and it was going good, going good. I had a couple rough days because it's really like sink or swim. Like, you get fucking chewed out if you don't do well, you know? Like, and they, they fire you. Like, if you don't perform, like, it's just like in our probation. Like, if you don't perform, you're gone. And it's stressful. And uh, I guess I was doing a lot better than my FTO told me I was doing. Because <laughs> I, I, I remember, you know, when I later on when I left or whatever, but he, he was like, you're, you're one of the best trainees I've had. Like, and I just didn't know that at the time I felt like I was doing terrible. Um, but I, a couple weeks went by and it, dude, that, that itch started to solidify. Like, I was just like, this is not, I made a, I made a, I made a poor choice. Like I didn't, I made the wrong choice. Yeah. And then now I started to think of like, is it fair? We go take these tests, right? There's small amount of positions for hundreds, you know, op- there's tons of guys out there applying to police departments. There's tons of guys out there with fire departments. And I couldn't, I started to think that why should I take up a spot for some guy that his dream is to work at Ontario police department. And I'm sitting here not liking this job. And I know, I think I might want to leave eventually. Yeah. How's that fair to that kid? Like, you know, that's taking up that guy's dream. And I couldn't live with that dude. I, I was like, this is not right. Um, and I remember I called my FTO one day off and I said, Hey, um, can we meet up? He's like, yeah, sure. So we meet at Starbucks, literally across the street from Ontario police department. And I kind of told him, I was like, Hey, I, I know this is crazy, but I don't think this is for me. And he's like, are you sure? And I was like, okay, are we going to talk about it more? Or like, he just kind of said, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. He's like, all right, well. Do you want some days to talk about it? Do you want, you know, want some time? Like you're doing really well, blah, blah. And I'm like, I just, once I, once I said, I'm not, I, you know, once I said, this is not for me, like I was, I was 
I had already made up my decision mentally. Yeah. So now it's like, I started thinking about, okay, I'm going to show up to this job. That's already dangerous as hell. And I'm not mentally in it hundred percent. Like now I'm putting guys lives on the line. Like this is not right. And so I just told myself, I was like, you, you need to, you need to go after your dreams. I talked to my parents. They both agreed. Go after what your heart, follow your heart. Walked in, I mean, the FTO went over to the watch commander that night and, uh, I told him how I was feeling and, and he was like, okay, like let's go talk to the captain. And the captains over there are like our BCs yeah. or like our DCs over here. Like it's, there's only three captains, in the entire police department. So I go to captain, I think he was captain Bertana or Brown or something, something like that. I can't, I can't remember his name, but it was one of the coolest moments I've ever had. And I'll never forget it because I, I was a mess, dude. I was like, dried tears under my eyes like i was like i'm ruining my life right now i'm walking away from a very good job i worked so hard to get here for that academy i'm doing well but i'm giving this all up to go back into the unknown not even knowing if i'm going to get hired again yeah because what well, i'm thinking like background guys are going to look at me and go what the fuck like you just quit like we don't want to hire you then for a fire department so uh i go back to the watch commander's office and then he takes me over to the captain's i sit down one-on-one -on -one with the captain and he starts asking me so what what do you want to do after this and i said sir like this is what i i was a i was a, a reserve firefighter i was in paramedic school like i want to go back to medical school i want to be a fireman and he's like okay and i remember he's filling out the paperwork and he stops and he looks at me and he's like you know chase like i think you're making a really good decision right now I was like, looked at him. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, no, like this is a terrible decision. And he's like, he said something I'll never forget where he's like, a lot of guys, um, we have tons of guys that wish they would have made this decision that you're making right now. And they never did. And they're miserable now because of it. And I don't know why I just sunk. It sunk with me. And I was like, okay. Like I felt a little bit better. I was like, wow, maybe I am making the right choice. Um, he said, you know, good luck. I think you'll get what you're looking for. You'll do fine. Don't worry about it. We'll make sure you have good, you know, we got nothing but good things to say about you. And they escorted me out because they escort you. Like, yeah. they literally escorted me out of premises. Yeah. Like, because I had to go clean out my locker and then they, I had to turn in my gun, turn in everything. And then they escorted me out. And next thing you know, I'm walking in the parking lot. I'm like, now what? <laughs> now what do I do? <laughs> How far um, along were you? I so I was only a couple months into FTO training. Okay. So I wasn't I wasn't there long. Um it was long enough for me to make that decision. Mm -hmm. And I knew clearly that you know, I and I could have I thought about too, I was like, okay, I could just get through probation, do the year, and then test, you know, maybe try to lateral over to the fire department later on or something like that. But I, but the, what bothered me was that was taking up a position and not being mentally in the game. Yeah. Um, so I walked out, uh, the first person I called after I quit, uh, was my, um, my captain over at Upland, Captain Ryan Webb, who's a really good dude. Um, I called him and he's a BC over at San Rio County now, but I called him and I was like, Hey, I want to come back. I want to keep reserving. Like I just quit Ontario PD. Like I want to be a fireman. I got to do what I got to do. And he's like, dude come back. We, we want you like, hell yeah, right on. Nice. So I was able to get my job back there. I got my job back on the ambulance at AMR, which was, that's tough. <laughs> it's tough for going Next from Ontario one. PD yeah, 
back to working on ambulance yeah. again. Like it wasn't easy yeah. for me. Um, it was like definitely a gut check. Um, and then I, my next step was like, okay, I walked away from medic school before I can finish didactic that that second time. So I was like, now I need to get back to medic school. Well, I couldn't go back to Victor Valley cause they hated me for leaving to go PD. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, forget that place. <laughs> um, so I looked into NCTI, but I had to start from the very beginning all over again. Yeah, that's tough. And I had to do a full 12 months, 15 grand NCTI oh, wow. private program. Yeah, NCTI is expensive. Yeah. And it's expensive. Yeah. And it, it, I had to put myself through that. Um, so now here I was starting at square one. And then I, I um, you know, at the time I started dating this girl too, it was very supportive, which was cool. Um, she, she used to always tell me like, oh, like I wouldn't date you if you're a cop. And then she, you know, ended up dating a cop later on. Too, which is funny, dude. It's like everything always goes full circle. Um, but you know, it's cool. Like it, I had a lot of support from my family. I was still living at home. My parent, like, dude, my my dad said, "I'll take care of med school for you." Dude, that's awesome. Like it was, I could have not done. Yeah, it that's lucky. One, that, that's, that's I was very blessed. Very, yeah, that's awesome. And they were all about, you know, all for it. And then I started testing for, you know, fire departments again. And I kept, same thing, kept making the chief's interviews. But I, I yeah. noticed something was changing because I noticed I was having a, I was very more confident in my interviews. Like yeah. I was like much more like, I could talk to these guys now. Like I'm not so like it's, It was more like, a conversation than yeah. it was like an official, like I need to answer this specific yeah. way. And some of them, you know, some of them didn't like my answer when I yeah. said why I left PD. Because they, you know, they'd be like, why, you know, why'd you leave? And I'd be like. Look, my honesty is I want to be a fireman. Like I gave up on my dream and I can't live with that. I can't live the rest of my life knowing yeah. that I gave up on a dream and I'm going to be miserable. You know, being a cop would have been fun for like four or five years on patrol. All cool. Maybe get on a SWAT detail or something like that. But after that, like. You didn't you know, see a big future there. For I don't, you. I didn't see a big future for me. And, yeah. yeah. And it's, and I got nothing. Those guys over there are awesome. And you know, it's a great department. It's a great job if it's for you. Yeah. But if it's not for you, then don't do it. Um, so went back to testing for fire departments. Next thing you know, uh, Ontario fire department opens up. I throw in an application and, and I remember like, I, I wanted this more than anything. Like I was like this, th I feel like this is happening for, for a reason. Like everything's lining up in a good way. And, uh, I was really nervous though. Cause I thought my backgrounds was, uh, was going to screw me. Like I, I thought, I honestly, I thought I wouldn't get hired because of my backgrounds. I thought I would have to wait a couple of years for that to go, kind of go past. Um, but I was, uh, while I was in medic school and while I was reserving, I had, uh, I was still applying to a lot of places and I became an AO at Downey Fire Department and they do a full background check there. So I just applied to Ontario and then I did a background, I was doing a background check with Downey as an AO and I remember the captain over there at Downey when I did my my interview there, he was like, dude, get over here as the AO, get your medic school done. And then we want to hire you as a firefighter paramedic. Like it was pretty cool. Like I thought it was like, okay, like I got some options now. And, uh, uh, I remember the background investigator for Downey was like, he calls me up randomly. He's like, Hey, so what's up with this PD thing? Like, why'd you quit? Like he was hardballing me big time. And he's like, you know, did you suck over there? Like, give me it to me straight. Like, did you get fired? Like, well, and I'm like, no, sir. I walked away because of this, this. He's like, all right, well, I don't believe you. I'm going to investigate it. Like we'll, we'll meet in a week or so. And I'm like, fuck, like this guy's going to not, he's not going to even pass me for an ambulance operator. Yeah. <laughs> like, going back to AMR again. <laughs> um, so, um, we meet up a week later 
And I'm thinking like, this sucks. Like these guys are just forming all these judgments about me when I'm just like, I thought I made the right choice with my heart, you know, blah, blah. And I remember I sat down with him and he was like, dude, you're an all-star. Like your background is stellar. Like I called every police guy I could think of over there at Ontario PD. They said they'd hire you back right now if they could. They loved you. Um, you all your other backgrounds is super clean. Like he's like I was. He's like I was expecting negative stuff. And he's like I'm. I'm impressed. He's like, don't let this PD thing scare you. You're gonna get hired at a fire department somewhere. Just keep it up. Keep your head up. You'll do fine. And like that was like really, really yeah, dude. That was so assuring for me because I yeah. was like so scared about it all. Oh, okay. And so, so after after your AO time, did you you actually work there as an AO for? for oh, a bit? it was like a month. A month. And yeah. Then you, got, then you got the call for Ontario. Yeah. And uh, I I'll never forget. I uh, I know I kind of keep going a lot of stories. So if you guys get on time, no, <laughs> this is literally why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I remember I was uh I was in I gotten the backgrounds with Ontario and I was super stoked. And, and so kind of going back, like, this is what's crazy about, I always love talking about it because so my first ride along was Ontario fire department, right? Going back. Um, when I was an explorer and I was getting ready to go into high school or uh, graduating high school, I actually sat down with chief guy. Um, Dave carrier set me up a meeting with him and he was a deputy chief at the time. And I sat down with him and Geik gave me a full rundown of what I need to do to become a fireman. Go to EMT, go this. He talked about benefits. He talked about retirement plan. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there with my mom and I was like 16 years what old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. And, and dude, I was like, okay, this is cool. And he pretty much said, this is what you got to do. Yes, sir. Guess who opens the door to invite me into the room for the chief's interview? Geik. And he goes, hey, Chase, remember me? <laughs> and I said, yes, sir. <laughs> and I was so excited. Like, dude, walking in that room, I was like, this is, every, this is everything coming to fruition. Like, this is all the dots are connecting right yeah. now. Like, the stars are in alignment as best they possibly could. And because Ontario was my dream department. That's yeah. where I wanted to work my whole life. Um, and I sat down with Chief Geik, and, dude, it felt like just a conversation. Cool. And he's like... And I remember I, I told him in the interview, I was like, sir, I remember sitting with you when I was 16 years old. He's like, yep, I remember. And I was like, I've done everything that you laid out for me to do. Some extra things. With, and I told him, I, no, exactly. I was like, uh, I took a detour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I took the uh, the other brick road. <laughs> and uh, But I'm here and this is where I want to be. This is where I want to work. And he's like, all right, thank you very much. And I walked out of the interview and I knew, like, I just knew right away. I was like, I think this is it. Like, yeah. this is, this is meant That's to cool. be. Nice. So then I went to backgrounds and then sure enough, guess who my background investigator ends up being, ends up being uh, Victor. So, oh. he, so he, he knew PD all the guys. PD guys. Yeah. guys. Yeah. And I was a little nervous because I was like, in the next, you know, like a couple months later, I get a phone call from my FTO, Timmy Jones, who's, uh, who's my FTO at PD and he's super cool guy. Um, and he's like, Hey. How you doing? I was like, good. How are you? Like, you know, cause we always, we, we still maintained yeah. a friendship. It was really cool. And he's like, I just talked to your background investigator. He said, good. I said, good things. And like, I think, I think you're gonna be hired there. I'm like, right on man. Thanks. Like, you know, <laughs> I was so stoked. And then, uh, yeah. And then dude, next thing you know, uh, April 3rd of 2017, 
which is my birthday. birthday. I'm hanging out with Ryan Peterman. Ryan Peterman invites me over to his house. He just moved into his new house. And Ryan had already worked in Ontario for like a couple years yeah. in. And uh, I'm sitting on his couch. And next thing you know, I look at my phone. It says unknown number calling. And I look, I answer it. And How you doing, Chase? This is uh, uh, Chief... Um, uh, Pelletier? Chief Pelletier, yeah, Chief Chief Pelletier, the Ontario Fire Department. I just want to call and offer you a conditional job offer with Ontario and blah blah. blah. And I was just, dude, I just, I lost it. Sick. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I lost I, it. I, was, I, I told him I was like, remember that. I was like, yeah. sir, this is uh, today's my birthday, <laughs> and uh, this is the best birthday gift that I think I'll ever get. And he's like, all right, well, right on. Enjoy yourself. Go have a beer. <laughs> I'm like, nice. I already cracked three, so. <laughs> um, yeah. And next thing you know, dude, like I get my job offer on my birthday for my dream department, for my dream job. That's awesome. After everything awesome, I felt like I'd gone through to get to that point. Yeah. And, uh, dude, I, I remember, I mean, I'm sure all you guys did. Like, dude, I got home and I hugged my mom. I started crying my eyes out and, and, uh, it was fucking awesome. Yeah, man. That, that's a big, that's a big deal. Yeah. You know big what deal. I'll say about like your FTO? Good, solid dudes want to see other good, solid dudes make it. Yep. You know, so that's, cool. that's it, it, the dude, 100%. He was, I had a lot of guys that were very supportive of me. I had a lot of guys that were not supportive. You know, I had a lot of guys that you know, I reserved and worked with a lot of guys that were dicks, you know, mean, not, not very friendly guys. And you just got to learn to block that out and focus on the good. So, but yeah, full circle. And then next, you know, I, I'm, I'm on probation and probationary firefighter, Chase Patterson. And then I start getting nicknames. What's Chase a, on what's case? A, yeah, Chase is on case. Um, <laughs> let's see what else we got, man. Splatterson. Splatterson. <laughs> that was a good one. I like I, that I one. I don't know who came up with that one. That Dude, one. that was a good one. I hadn't heard any other ones. I'm sure you guys know some more, but um, I just know Splatterson. Yeah, Splatterson was the one that I heard. Yeah. Uh, that was from a uh, unfortunate mountain bike fall. Yeah. Yeah. That shortened my career about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much set up the investigator spot for me oh, later on. <laughs> Oh, that's funny, dude. Yeah, uh, the uh, the chase is on the case. So uh, the chase doll from Paw Patrol. Uh, <laughs> so Kyle Lakata actually gave he gave me that one. We were like three months in probation. I was working overtime at Station Four, and we went to the this grocery store, and he buys this little Paw Patrol dog for me. He's like, "Hey, look, it's Chase, and he was a cop. Chase on the case." Oh my god! And he hands it to me, and I still have that uh, that doll on my in my locker. Cool. Sitting there. So Yeah, my kids love Paw Patrol, dude. So I tell them, I know a guy named Chase. He was a cop. They go, you know Chase? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it was funny. I was like, fuck, dude. <laughs> That's good, dude. I think firemen are the most some of the most creative people when it comes to nicknames. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love I it. I mean, I got a few. <laughs> yeah. Black Hawk Down. Black Hawk Down. That's a good one. <laughs> That's Rab- a good one. Rabdama. 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 Apache. Apache. Yeah. Yeah. That's how my kids know Steve by Apache Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, this they're fun, but yeah, that's I, that's my story with uh, you know how I got hired and kind of my full circle. And then you know, obviously going through probation, you know, I wanted to do well, and you know, just like all of us, you yeah. know, you want, oh, yeah. you want to come out top of the group. And um, me and me and Josh Randall, we always have a fight with each other because uh, he was like. 0.01% like higher than comes down to it, man. It comes and down he's to number two, and I think I was three, or he's three and I was four, or something like that. And so we always joke, and then he says, Oh, well, you're not even on the podium, and then <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Like, 
Oh, dude, yeah, not, not competitive at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that's the thing. I, I keep I keep my competitiveness, you know, throughout my whole yeah. life. So I mean, have you ever played pickleball with TJ? I haven't. <laughs> oh my god, I haven't. <laughs> he needs to fucking win. <laughs> he was gonna break his paddle once <laughs> they got that tournament uh tournament coming yeah out, coming out in april yeah. i know that's gonna be interesting <laughs> yeah. it's only two guys from bundy Mark. and silk those two are playing bundy and silk yeah i was t- i wasn't um i know silk, is silk pretty good a little bit but uh, i don't know i don't know i don't know we'll bring him on if he wins <laughs> If not, we'll make fun of him. <laughs> raptor, on. raptor man. <laughs> I say he should get like a raptor on his paddle. Hey, uh, so to close this thing out, uh, you got to give us because I don't think Cam Crandall has listened to this yet. Uh, so I don't really uh, have time to listen because uh, I'm always listening to you, Apache. And uh, anyways, two weeks from now. I will, uh, I'll be back. And, uh, all right. That's all I got to say. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of works. The mic's like a big mustache. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We we got one more uh, snap off chronicle. Oh, that's right. We're, so we're doing this thing. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it up. Yeah. I almost forgot. So we're doing this thing called the snapped off chronicles. (laughs) So we need the time. Maybe just just the the single time that you thought you were gonna the the die on a on a physical fitness thing or like you were running in the academy or something where you're like this is it. Oh like, yeah, I'm when I tried out. out for Rancho Explorers, <laughs> <laughs> I saw blue. <laughs> Dude, tell, tell it, man. Let's hear it. No, um, I'm joking. Um, a time oh, snapped ooh. off, dude. Yeah. You're just like like my time, obviously. Everyone knows my Yeah, my when time. you're laying in the street yeah. off a uh, Sultana. Yeah, I have to get dragged in by Smitty. Are you fucked up? Oh, geez, Steve. Hey, are you Steve, fucked you up? Fucked up? <laughs> Touch his back. Hands on his belly. Smitty. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I probably... I've had some definitely moments of that. Um, one time... Okay, I, I would say probably when I was on probation... And uh, Chief uh, Stepanian, who was my captain at the time, him and uh, Captain Brown, who was on the truck. Uh, I was the only probationary guy at eights at, on that crew. Um, and they took me over and they uh, they did the gauntlet with me. And it was at GE. And pretty much full gear. And it was like 95, 100 degrees out. And uh, they were pretty much like, all right, we're going to put you through the ringer today. And I'm like, all right, you know, whatever, bring it. Come on. Like, cause I, I was confident in like my physical. I was like, okay, like, sure, dude. I'd never done so many host pulls back to back to back to back to back to back, <laughs> back in my life. Like I was like, what? Well, like, like I, 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 that's the one and only time I've ever been with my gear on where I can start. Like I start losing connection with my legs. Like I just started wo- like wobbling and stuff like that and falling back and forth. And then, cause I don't throw up. Like I don't, like, dude, I can go drink fucking 10 whiskeys and, like, I won't throw up. Like, I, there's no throwing up with me. Like, even physical fitness, like, I don't throw up. It's weird. Um, but it was that, uh, yeah, that moment where I, I was, like, I felt like it was <laughs> it was coming up <laughs> coming. in my mask. 
And I'm like, oh man, this is about to be a fish tank up in here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I was like regretting the the cheesecake that I ate too, like right before. <laughs> and uh, and dude, yeah, they they broke me off pretty good, and I was freaking exhausted. I remember I had to lay down and I'd take it easy. But I never like I don't know. I've never like DFO'd or like passed out or anything. You know, like it's all it's all based off of, like your your uh, perception of your yeah. exertion. So it, yeah. That, that's I, good. I mean, I've done, I've done things like when I ran my half marathon, like I, I tried to push myself and run it. So I was like definitely exhausted. Like after stuff like that, um, I, I used to do a little like CrossFit thing like back in the day and used to push myself. Um, I want to do more stuff like physical fitness stuff. Like I know that you're doing the Ironman coming up, right? Or like soon. Yeah. October. I think uh, Nick White has his like next week. Sicky Nicky. Yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> um, yeah. So like that. And then like, I want to do one of those like in December. Cause I like, I like pushing myself to learn yeah. it. Cause it becomes, I like when you hit that threshold of, okay, now it's just mental. Like there's no more physical is done. Like you're physically done. Now it's, can you last mentally? And I love that. I, I'm, I'm a big runner. Like I love running every day and, and pushing myself like yeah. that stuff. So I love that stuff, but right on, man. Well, uh, anything else, Neil? No, this is a uh, really refreshing. That's good, dude. Thanks for coming yeah, out, dude. Thanks yeah, for, of course. For taking the time, we always appreciate it. We got a shirt. Uh, some business, new business. We got shirts now. Um, I think we're gonna be selling those and giving a lot of those away. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Follow us on social media. Oh yeah, will yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, this is cool. Yeah, I think yeah. it's badass that you guys do this. So. It's fun. It's fun. So, all right, man. Thank you. Thanks, Chase. All right, man. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Woo woo.